Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It is me once again, Strive Auntie, aka Delapo, and welcome back to the podcast where we talk about all things navigating your 20s as well as unconventional career pathways. Today, we have a special guest. Some of you might know her by Chidima, some of you might know her by Chid, some of you know her by Chid. Su- Suzanne? Su- yeah, Suzanne. Suzanne. Yeah, yeah, Suzanne. Or you might know her from BWIK. And you're probably like, what the heck is BWIK? But don't <laughs> worry, you're about to get all of your answers. Welcome, Chidi Mom. Welcome, Chidi. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, um, you know, I feel like <laughs> I didn't I did it subconsciously, but I sort of created like, I guess, a bit of a separation um between like my corporate persona and my creative persona like you know when people have like their government name mm. but then creative adventures it'll be like their first name or they'll add their middle name so essentially i kind of like took like my nickname which is chit and then suzanne is one of my middle names so i go by chit suzanne for like my creative stuff so when it comes to my podcast my media work and then chitama is my you know government professional name which if you're in the corporate world that's what you know me as so yeah, and then of course, as you mentioned, I also host the the What Do I Know podcast, which is yeah BWDIK. So yeah, thank you so much for for having me. I'm excited to get into this. Thank you. Um, I'm I'm excited to get into it as well. Let's dive in a little bit deeper. And you know, when you said get into it, the first thing honestly that just came to mind was food. I have no idea why. Maybe because we're recording this <laughs> during dinner hungry. time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But if we were to um, start on the deep dive on the corporate end, what mm-hmm. co- what type of corporate girly are you? Girl, I'm the corporate girly that... So I... I like style. I'm not a big fan of, like, structured blazers. Mm, okay, um, okay. I'm a, I'm a fashion girl, but I'm also a work-from-home girl. That's the type oh, of corporate girl I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best I like of all worlds. Yeah, 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 exactly. I like settings. If I'm going to go to the office, I like to, you know, let my personality show through my style. But a lot of times I like to work from home. I am lucky that I get to do that. Um, and I think it also has just allowed me to, like, create a nice, like, life-work balance, you know? <laughs> oh. But, yeah. Wait, so when you... girly I am. Okay, that's good. That's good. When you work from home, though, what's mm-hmm. the fit? Are you still going to dress up fully or nah. is it giving sweatpants? No, no, no. <laughs> it's comfy cute sweatpants and a like hoodie now i mean we're gradually getting into spring summer it's gonna get warmer so like t-shirts tank tops maybe blouses if i have like a, a high profile meeting or whatever but mm, it's something relaxed at the bottom for sure <laughs> nice nice no yeah. you said blouse and i was like a blouse i, don't I know, know but why like, when i mean blouse is like you know those like fancy tops for the office okay I okay, like, okay i don't okay. know any other word for it other than blouses but yeah no but it's such a nigerian slash yes british really colonized country thing to say because literally i was just like racking my brain i was like oh my god blouse like i know yeah. what a blouse is but it's yeah. been a while someone used blouse girl and i didn't want to say like, i was like I don't know what tops but like anything's a top so i was like let me say blouse because if i say blouse i know she's gonna know what i mean yeah no girl i know what you mean the image that came in in my head when you said that oh was literally a shirt that i couldn't wear to church basically <laughs> exactly church office all of that exactly like it's multifunctional multifaceted exactly. like you you know you mentioned 
I like that segue. Thank okay. you. Thank you. <laughs> you mentioned that, you know, you enjoy well actually you didn't use the word enjoy let me not put words in your mouth you 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 mentioned you know working both as a creative and as a corporate girly um what industry do you work in right now so for my corporate world i'm in like the city planning industry so i went to school for city planning i went to ryerson um school of urban and regional planning and it's sort of in like the city building industry. So we're kind of grouped with like architects and engineers because we kind of like help to like build cities essentially. So Ooh. yeah, so that's sort of the industry that I'm in. And um, yeah, I was supposed to, you know, do that as my undergrad. And then, you know, me and my mom <laughs> had a plan, typical immigrant, you know, I was going to do that then go to law school. But mm, after the third year, I said, this is about enough school for me. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I figured I could, you know, make good money from this. I just had to kind of grow in the field a little bit mm-hmm. and also start to develop other interests, mm. you know, hence the creative stuff. So I was like, yeah, for now, you know, I think this is good for me. That's <laughs> so, amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, but why city planning? Like, why did you, um, study urban design or urban planning? Yeah. 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 Urban design, urban planning, it's all kind of grouped together. So honestly, so random because oh. I had a high school teacher. So I went to high school here and I went to, um, I went to high school and my teacher knew that I really loved geography and I love like sociology. So she's like, I can tell that you like studying like places and people. Um, and her husband at the time worked for the provincial government mm-hmm. as a planner, as a city planner. And he was helping to do like a lot of like housing policy. So to help like, you know, put more affordable, housing in the in the province of Ontario. So she was like, why don't you try urban planning before you go to law? Like, why don't you do that as your undergrad? And then if you still want to do law after you can, but if you don't, at least you have something that can give you money. So I went home and I told my parents, I was like, oh yeah, my teacher was talking about urban planning, da, da, da. And my mom was like, ah, yes, urban planning. Well, I think back in the day in Nigeria, they called it um, rural planning. That's okay. the like British way to refer to it. And that's what it's called in Nigeria. So she was like, yes, like, I've heard this field, but I don't know too many people in it. So mm. you're kind of on your own in terms of like, like networking and to find jobs. Yeah. Because my parents were smart. Like the thing is they they one thing I'll give them is they know their kids. So they knew that I wasn't gonna be a science girl. They knew that I wasn't gonna be a doctor, all of that. My mom knew she was like, You're on more on the writing and speaking side mm. of the world. So hence law, right? So so yeah, so that's kind of like what put it in me, but I didn't really know too much about the field until I actually went through it. And now I'm practicing and I'm still learning things about this field. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, I think you're the second, no, the first urban planner I've met, the second, um, yeah, the first. The other person I'm thinking about, she's um, an architect. I don't, okay, so uh, is similar. it the same? It's not. Is it the same or it's not the same? So, so if you think about it this way, architects focus on designing buildings. City planners, we kind of focus on reading like policies to tell you what you can put on land. Mm. So, like if you have a piece of land, there's something called a zoning code. So you can't just put a house anywhere in a city. You can't just put a school anywhere in a city. So if you had money or and you owned land or you bought land and you wanted to do something with it, you would come to a, a city planner to tell you like, okay, what would the city let me put on here? And we would basically like consult you and say, okay, based on the zoning, you can put a 
a single detached home here. Or, oh, you can put a condo here and this is what you need to know. And here are all the policies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's dope. And so when you first decided that, okay, you know what, this teacher might be on to something, let yeah. me study this. What was like the first year like for you in, in studying urban planning? The first year was so, it was tough because so if you're going into like the sciences, there are a lot of prerequisites in high school there at the time. I don't know if it's changed. There were really no like courses to prepare you or prerequisites. Like, you know, if you're going to school to study business, you have to take data, data statistics. You have to take math. You have to take your mm -hmm. calculus in grade 12. There really wasn't anything other than I think I had to take data and high level geography to really prepare you. Like, cause mm. it, this field involves so many things that there wasn't like a set stream. So when I came first year, we had a studio class. So we were doing like hand drawing, like architects. And I was like, I did not come here to draw. Like, cause it was tough. We were drawing section drawings. We were drawing buildings, to, we were scaling and we were doing it by hand and Damn. being graded on it. And after that class, I, I was like, okay, this is not for me. But everyone was like, oh, you only do that first year. Don't worry after that, you never have to draw again. And I was like, okay, great. Cause I, <laughs> I didn't think I was going to be drawing. So I, yeah, first year was, was a little tougher, but just kind of getting used to one like university studying, readings, assignments, and then expectations of what this field involved. Mm. But by second, third year, I feel like I found my groove. I started to see what aspect I liked. Um, and then kind of like, you know, start to flow with things. Yeah. Wow. I think it's also amazing the fact that, you know, you studied um, in that, industry and you also got a job in that industry like oftentimes i think it's more and more the case that people aren't actually even working in the field that they went to school in so mm -hmm. how were you able to secure that right away because that's something that again nowadays is not common as it used to be right so i would say a lot of it i, I think if you don't work in the health field like in the healthcare industry a lot of what you have to do is networking. Like mm -hmm. healthcare is something that will always kind of be in demand, especially from the pandemic. Like my sister is a nurse. She didn't have to do too much work. A job literally came to her, right? But for me, it's like you you had to network. Like I had to kind of go to events through school. We had good professors that were connected in the industry and would refer students. Um, I also had to kind of like, I went to like industry events and then I would, I was just persistent on applying for a lot of internships. So like, I think my first internship, I worked for the region of Durham where, where I live. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up working for Metrolinx, which is the company, the arm of the government that does the go trains that people take. So I was kind of, I got in that way. And then from there, I moved to working for like an engineering planning company. And then I literally just switched three months ago to another job and now I'm doing consultant. Mm -hmm. So it's been a lot of like, figuring out what parts of the industry I like. Um, but I think networking and just applying for internships was like a really big way. Yeah. Wow. I also think, sorry to cut you off. It's easier. I find that fields that are deemed, um, I don't know if this is the right word to use, but this is what they're referred to quote unquote professional fields, which mm -hmm. are things that like when you have to go to like a school of something. So like school of medicine, school of urban and regional planning, school of engineering, those fields tend to have some sort of a demand that you are able to like work in that industry. I would say within like the year of you graduating is what I find. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I mean, first of all, congratulations on your new role. 
thank you. Um, <laughs> you talked about, I mean, it seems that, you know, from working in university and doing an internship with um, these mm-hmm. um, either like governmental um, mm-hmm. agencies or private firms to now uh, doing consulting um, in, in your most recent um, ende- endeavor. Yeah. Um, could you maybe talk to us on like what you found as helped you be successful in like migrating from like one mm-hmm. part of urban design or and yeah. urban planning to another? Because again, you've had a few different, again, it's the yeah. same role or the same industry, excuse me, but different facet, facets of it. Yeah, I think um, what has helped me is, I hate to like be corny, but you know, showing an interest, trying to also, you know, put my mind into it and learn. And then when I kind of figure out like, okay, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. I'm not shy to ask questions or Mm. to reach out to connect to people that I'm connected to in the industry. So even like my classmates from the year that we graduated, we all kind of help each other. Like, you know, there was a time where I was struggling and I was like, Hey, like, I'm really not liking what, like what I'm doing. Like, I don't want to plan parking lots like i don't care like i really want to focus more on like affordable housing um you know what does it look like does anybody know any openings so i think using a lot of my my connections my friends that graduated from my class um not being shy to ask questions because sometimes even if you don't like your particular role in your company there may be a role that is better suited for you but you may not know if you don't ask and sometimes especially if it's a private company people get roles merged and created for them like every day and it's mm-hmm. not it's not something that's like talked about but there's some people that i've met they're like yeah yeah they literally just created this role for me like they saw what i could do and they just made it so i think being outspoken about that too for sure oh no that's good advice like number mm-hmm. one networking and number two yeah. not being not being afraid to ask questions and, and being curious, right? Yeah. Um, if you can give us examples for people that might be, you know, keeners taking notes that will be like, I'm going to try yeah. some of this. Um, what type of questions would you go and ask? Were you talking to your coworkers, your mm-hmm. managers, supervisors? How did you navigate that? Yeah, so some of it happened a little bit formally for me because in my previous role, um, we would have like one-on-ones with managers or we would also have like professional growth meetings or something. That's, I think that's what they called it. And you would kind of be asked like, okay, what types of projects do you want to be on based on your interest? So I would always say like, okay, I want community engagement. I want to be on projects where we're community, where we're engaging with communities and typically like people of color. And I want to be on projects where there has, there's like an affordable housing component. Right. So, what would tell me if this was the right place for me is if I kept asking, if I'm asking like, oh, I want to be on these projects and then I'm not getting them. Or if I'm on the project and you're like, okay, well, we don't have those products available. We don't have those products available. And like one year goes by, two years goes mm. by, then I know that this is not the right place for me. And now I need to start asking. So then, you know, for me, when I kind of would seen that the projects I wanted weren't there, I reached out to a former professor who was actually like really cool guy and like, he was like, hey, like, why don't you reach out to these, 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 like, make a list of companies that are aligned mm-hmm. with, like, your value and then send it out. Also, LinkedIn, even the, the recent role I recently just got, I didn't really have to apply formally because recruiters on LinkedIn hound you once they kind of 
see that you have like one ex like experience at one particular company. So I was also getting recruiters reaching out to me, which was how I actually got this position. So recruiters on LinkedIn are also really good. Not going to lie to you because they're a really good way because you know that if they if you they give, get your resume, it's mm -hmm. going to the hands of the hiring manager. It's not just going to like sit in a stack somewhere or sit in an online portal like someone will actually look at it. You know, you have a higher chance of getting an interview and then potentially getting the job. Hmm. So what would you um, suggest to maybe someone who is listening? They're already in like an existing role, but they're trying to think of like or, or trying to see what other options that they might have. Mm -hmm. um, how do you navigate that while you're already in another role? In the role that's difficult. So for me, <laughs> how I well for me, it's because I was cert I was certain that I wanted to leave. So it wasn't even like I wanted to see what else I was interested in. I was certain that I wanted to leave because the projects were not aligning. I wanted a little bit of a pay increase as well. So for me, what I started doing was I obviously had to keep it really low key. Down low. But I, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I started um, when recruiters would reach out to me, then I started, I started replying because before I was just not saying anything. But then I started saying, hey, like, OK, I'm interested, would appreciate your confidentiality on this matter. Um, okay, please, you know, send my resume to this particular company, connecting with friends, kept it down low, was just kind of circulating my resume to people, um, quietly. And then again, because I work from home, it was easier for me to do interviews, but I understand that if you have to go to the office and you have to take an interview, you might have to use a sick day, which is not ideal, but again, I guess it's a slight sacrifice you have to make to get to a potential better position. Mm -hmm. You got to do what you got to do. Um, yeah. yeah. Really. And you mentioned, oh, actually, before I, I dive into some of the things you mentioned um, beforehand, another thing mm -hmm. for listeners to keep in mind is that there's also on LinkedIn, you can put open to work, but uh, yes. even if you're in like a current role, but then the people within your own company would not be able to see that you're open to work. I think there's oh, a way, good. there's a way LinkedIn also makes that open, um, uh, an option so that recruiters could then, um, number one, reach out, but number two, um, whatever else the algorithm is going to do in your favor kind of you know works in your favor yeah. when you are um when you have open to work um clicked off oh that's smart that's really good i didn't even know that because i just thought open to work was open to work and everybody could see it but that is smart i'm glad they're able to differentiate that in the algorithm yeah they can i think only it depends on um if you have a paid profile or not so there might be okay. a caveat with that but just for people listening something you might want to consider you mentioned a little mm. bit earlier affordable housing. Um, mm -hmm. Why affordable yes. housing? You mentioned that's the kind of projects you like were looking for. Yes. Um, affordable housing because, I don't know, I'm just really intrigued. I love looking at housing design in different cities. So when I like look at what housing design is like in my village in Nigeria, from like Abia States to like Lagos, Accra, um, even in like Spanish speaking countries, like in Latin America, like just the housing design. So I'm always really fascinated by like how people are housed in different mm. cities. Um, and then one thing that's becoming a trend now is it's kind of becoming quote unquote normalized or an okay for cities that are deemed like high class cities or high profile cities to just be absolutely unaffordable. And I don't think that's fair for people who want to live and work in the, in, in those cities. Like, 
I don't think it's okay that if I want to rent a hotel in New York, it's like $500 a night and rent is like four or five K for a small box, you know? And that's where Toronto is kind of headed. Mm -hmm. So for me, like, even though right now I work private sector, whenever I'm working on projects with clients who are landowners and want to build townhouses or build condos, like where, and that's one thing I like about the company I work with right now is we push like, Hey, include affordable housing in these units. And also the uh, Toronto is also making it like there are some policies that are coming in now that like a portion of like your units and your development has to be affordable. Um, I know it's a really big talking point, not to mm, plug, is. but mm -hmm. there's a mayoral race right now in Toronto as well. Like 50 people are running to be the mayor of, of Toronto. And you got to watch that too, because affordable housing is something that there, you know, is one of the platforms that all every candidate is going to be talking about. So yeah, that's just sort of like why hmm. I was uh, interested in affordable housing. Yeah. So if anybody was listening and was, you know, maybe curious about urban design, urban planning, and having a career in that, what, mm -hmm. what would you give them as tips on, on navigating the industry? Mm. Um, so I would say like, first, if you are interested, kind of think about what aspect it is that you're interested in. Cause I said like, it's so big. So if it's like, if you're like me and you're like, yo, like I really want to, you know, figure out like housing, then I would say maybe start by researching like, housing jobs or like housing policy jobs in Ontario and seeing what they're like and kind of read the description and see if they fit your personality. Um, you know, so like that, or if you're more interested in like urban design, I would say like Google like urban design jobs and know that you're going to be like literally designing what cities look like, like the streets and lights and stuff like that. Right. So research, Google the job descriptions, read them. Um, and then also just kind of like, Pay, pay more attention to like the city around you like whenever mm. you walk like I find that that's something that like my friends laugh because sometimes I'll go to a place and I'm like who planned this like why would you put the parking for the building in the back and as a woman I have to walk around and it's not safe like why would you design mm. it like this so like I would say like you know if you're interested just even be more like attentive to the city around you like just pay more attention to like you know next time you're on the TTC the, the way it's designed uh, when you look at housing, when you're downtown, especially how like certain things are planned. Um, and yeah, and that will kind of just pique your curiosity want to like do more like reading into it. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And of course, when it comes to like getting into it, I mean, you mentioned earlier, internships are really important, but- Internships are really important. If you're starting, so if you're trying to make a career pivot, I would say if you're someone who has a policy background, an English background, a design background, you can pivot into this. If you're someone who's starting from the school level, then I would say if you're in Toronto, um, if you're in like the Toronto GTA region, Ryerson and Waterloo have School of Urban and Regional Planning at the undergrad level. So you do four years, you're out, you can start working. Um, if you're trying to do it at the master's level, UFT, Ryerson, Waterloo, like and a couple more, have it at the master's level and you're able to start working, you do have to do um, a, like a registration exam, like a board exam, similar to like engineering and architecture, but it's not nearly as rigorous. So you work for two years, you have to be mentor, mentored, and then you do your board exam. Um, and that sort of just adds another layer of like, okay, you're officially registered, but you can practice without it as well. Oh, so, okay. So you can yeah. like in the process of getting um, or writing that board exam, you're working. 
and yes, getting paid. Okay. Yeah. So like, I don't have mine right now, but I've I've worked. I've I've accumulated all my hours. I have a mentor that I meet with on a monthly basis. Um, I have a sponsor that signs off to say like, yes, the work that she's doing is actually city planning work. And then I do like an ethics course and then I write the exam. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Well, good yeah. luck on your exam thank, when you write you. it, when you write it. Um, but before we go here, you mentioned a little bit earlier, like, you know, the more creative side with girl. Yes. Right. <laughs> like we haven't gotten to your other side of your life yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but Real quickly, could you share with us what inspired you to start the podcast? Yeah. So for the But What Do I Know podcast, um, it's kind of become like my baby. Uh, What inspired me was like, one, I really love radio and I love having conversations with people. And um, again, because, you know, first generation immigrant and all that, I didn't understand how broadcasting or podcasting could be a career. And back then, I don't even know that it really could be, you know? Mm-hmm. Now we're in the age of internet money and all that good stuff. But back then, it wasn't really something that we could foresee. So I kind of left that to the side and went to school first. And I figured, you know, like, I would hustle that. And then when I would get my nine to five money, I would use that to fund my creative projects mm. and like build side hustles, which is kind of, which is essentially what I've done. So that was sort of like the inspiration is I love radio. I love conversations. I love what like can come when people are together and like the healing and like just the vibe that comes from having like a good solid conversation. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to be a resource for the community as well. Yeah. No, that's amazing. And I mean, if people want to hear more or listen more mm-hmm. um, on the podcast, where, where can they access it? For sure. So if you want to just, you know, get a snippet of what the podcast is like, um, we're on Instagram. So, but what do I know podcast or the handle is at BWDIK podcast. I want to uh, trying to grow the TikTok as well. Get it on there. TikTok is um, hard. I know people yeah, are TikTok. like, TikTok is easy. TikTok is blah, blah, blah. It's, it's hard, especially when you're duplicating content on Instagram and you have to post as well. It's, it's, it's hard. And these social media algorithms are getting tougher they're making you work for it, you know? <laughs> very, very much. Very yes. much. Yeah. So we're there. And then on streaming platforms, like that's where like my core, like my main audience is at. So if you're an Apple podcast girl, if you're a Spotify girl, if you're a Google podcast girl or man or or other, it's all there. Um, and also trying to grow it on YouTube as well. So oh. YouTube, yeah. If you put in, if you type in, but what do I know? Podcast on YouTube, it should come up as well. So yeah, those are the different avenues that you can check out the podcast. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Like definitely enjoy, you know, covering a different uh, range, like topics and like ranges, but all with that theme of like overcoming mm. that what do I know thought that you have in your mind. So mm. yeah. I'll make sure um, that all of those links are um looped in the For sure. show notes. So For sure. if you, you are listening you. and you have a short attention span don't worry i got you no i'm saying that because that like literally that's me as a listener um to other podcasts so no shade to anyone listening literally your girl um i'm shading myself number one um number two could you give us just like a quick overview of like some of the topics you you mentioned like you know it's around that theme of like oh but what do i know and of overcoming but what are some of the examples of things you talk about for sure so 
um one of the previous one of the episodes we j- i just put out i think two yeah two weeks ago we talked about money and relationships Ooh. so i had a financial therapist come on so she's a certified therapist but she focuses on the money aspect and we got into talking about like how do you talk to your partner about money hmm. how do you sit down and like we're in the age right now of everyone is like i want a six-figure man oh we need to what do you bring to the table and all the podcasts are talking about dating and money but i wanted to kind of go deeper mm. so we talked about like language like how do you talk to your partner about your expectations of money hmm. um how do you talk about your lifestyle like are our goals aligned okay i want to own a home you want to rent you might want to move out of the country like you know, so we got into that. We've talked about attachment styles. Um, yeah, we've t- I have an episode coming out about healing your inner inner child. Ooh. We had Shay, who I know is a previous guest on the Strive Chat as well, talked about money, the current recession. So yeah, a lot of like you know really good grounding topics that uh, are. I wanted to be able to like cover the overall well being of a person, mm. like to cover you know like. You get the education, you're entertained a little, but when you leave, you leave full. So, yeah. I get that sound. When you mean ground, you mean ground ground. Like, it's not yeah. like surface level, kind of like yes. tippy toe on top of things. When you said, yeah. like, even the first um, episode you just shared regarding, like, you know, finances and relationships, I'm like, damn, like, I, I again, I need to be taking notes for myself because those are really important um, yeah. things to have in a conversation with a partner. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. I mean, girl, that's when confused. the so- exactly number one, number two. That's now we're here at the end of the road. I don't even know how that song goes. <laughs> Although we've come, there we go. To the end uh, of the road. See, I couldn't even get the right lyrics, girl. But yeah, <laughs> inshallah, that's not what everybody's trying to do. However, exactly. <laughs> If conversations like um, the ones you mentioned are not um, had, it could happen. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm even taking notes myself, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tune in um, on, especially the one on like financial therapy. I think it's yeah. again, it's not something we have conversations about day to day, and no. I think it's it's amazing that you're highlighting that and having um, a platform that focuses on having those conversations. For sure. No, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. And again, like I said, if you listen and anybody has any like tips or they're like, oh, well, like feedback or I want, can you cover this? I'm also very open to that as well, too. So, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Okay. Um, thank you so much for your time, Chid. I had an absolute pleasure and I cannot wait to um, also listen in on the But What Do I Know podcast to you. get a little bit more of that grounding because like I said, you go deep and you yeah. know what? <laughs> I may not know how to swim, but I will figure it out while I dive oh, in. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's literally <laughs> the motto of my life. Caution, it's dangerous. But <laughs> we'll figure it out. But we'll figure it out. Um, but thank you so much once again for coming on and I will see you on the next episode. Well, we'll strive tribe, but for you, I will see you on the internet. Of course. We'll be back. We'll definitely stay connected. And yeah, thank you so much for having me again. I was going to say likewise. Wow. The brain. (laughs) It was a pleasure. Take care.